0: We'll start with a prayer. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So the text for the sermon comes from Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 12. It says, for this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles, This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the power, through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me That he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Says the word of the Lord. We live in a world of unsolved mysteries. Countless TV shows have, have gone into this kind of theme, right? I think there's even a TV show called Unsolved Mysteries. I don't know, I think I've seen it on Netflix, maybe. Yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about. But the one I can think of from my childhood was this TV show called uh, it was called Lost Tapes. It aired on Animal Planet. And to be honest, it really had nothing to do with animals. So I don't know why it was on that network. Uh, but it went through these, like, like, mythical beasts or beasts of legend to see if there was any truth to it, I guess. Um, the first episode was all about the chupacabra, which is this, um, this hairless canine with fangs like a vampire, weird ears, and apparently it would like suck the blood out of farm animals, and it would cause all this, this wreckage, this havoc. Um, but we know the tropes. like There was the ominous music, the blurry videos, the eyewitness accounts. Another was all about Bigfoot, zombies, the Kraken. Unsolved mysteries, right? Unsolved, who knows? But there's something captivating about the unknown, isn't there? That's why we tune in to our favorite sports teams, right? To see who hoists the championship trophy at the end of the year. One of the mysteries we all know, it was 2020. You know, there was this weird sickness going around. But the mystery was, how did it start? How do we slow the spread? How do we stop it? It Just dropped on us out of nowhere, right? And as we look into a new year, right, there's a mystery, you know? It's unknown. We make resolutions and we make our plans, but we still don't know what the future brings. We still live in a world of unsolved mysteries. But for the Christian, there are, there are more consequential mysteries, I guess. As you read through the Bible, you, you have these questions. Perhaps like, when is Judgment Day coming? Jesus said he's coming soon. When is that? How does God work the things in my life for the good when it's so hard to see in the moment? In Christ, how does God exist as man and as God without one taking from the other some of these mysteries that maybe we don't quite understand fully, but still mysteries spoken about in the Bible? And as we just read in Ephesians 3, Paul talks specifically about a mystery, a mystery surrounding the grace of God. But the thing about this mystery is it's not unsolved. How Paul uses the word a mystery in our text is simply something that needs to be revealed. And so without God God revealing it, it would remain unsolved, but God, he doesn't leave us in the dark on these things. Because what greater mystery was there than the Messiah? You know, the Old Testament believers, they were given shadows and kind of shades of of who this would be, but the promises hadn't been realized yet. They knew he would be born of David's line in Bethlehem. They knew that he would suffer, and they knew what it would mean for them. You know, prophecies on top of prophecies, but the question, who would he be, right? When would he come? But see how God revealed more and more of the mystery started in the Garden of Eden. As God came down to Adam and Eve, and as he said to Satan, the serpent, there will be a child from Eve who crushes your head, though you will strike his heel. The covenant was then established with Abraham. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. A savior will come from your line. And God was holding that promise through his chosen people, through Israel, in a vessel, protected. And he directed history through them, through times of hardship, good kings and bad, through exile, and then he dropped hints along the way, through Isaiah. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. And then through the prophet Micah, it says, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. This is the first mystery, the mystery of the Messiah, something kept hidden until the right time, when it was revealed, right? Just as kids, in the days leading up to Christmas, they, they want to open their present and see what's inside, but it's not the right time yet. They have to wait until Christmas, and then that day comes, and all that anticipation turns to joy as they see what, what their gift is, right? but God waited until the right time and he sent the gift of his love love was born to us and we sit in awe of this mystery how an unholy people can come to a holy god how god's justice and his mercy are met at the cross how a creator becomes part of his creation. And how a broken creation can become whole again. And that was God's plan, that his creation become whole again. Both connected to him, but all together again. And that's what brings us to our second mystery. And the mystery that Paul really is speaking about in Ephesians 3. Is that now all people are brought under God's plan of salvation. The Gentiles. We are the people that Paul is talking about here. Unless you have Jewish background, which maybe you do, but we Gentiles are brought into God's plan of salvation. You know, there, It's not necessarily new. There was always ways for other people to be brought into the nation of Israel. But now this message is not just for an exclusive set of people. It's all inclusive because all need it. Because in Christ, the barriers have now been broken. The barrier that sin set between us and God. Then the barriers that set Israel apart from all the other nations. Because the purpose of this chosen people was in the promise of the Messiah. And now that promise was fulfilled. So as Paul says in Galatians, there is now... No Jew or Gentile, slave or free, man or woman, for all are made one in Christ. And so this idea was something brand new to the people of Jesus' day. Because we New Testament Christians, we cherish John 3.16, don't we? For God so loved the world that he gave his Son. We don't see just how perspective-changing this idea was that Jesus was for all people, Because so many people in the Old Testament and in Jesus' day, they had this idea that it wasn't for God so loved the world, it was for God so loved us, and maybe not others. For so many, their worth rested in their their heritage. They drew it back to Abraham and in the fact that they were God's chosen people. But now, that had changed. Christ says he came for all. And that's something that we see illustrated by the wise men when they came to visit Mary and Joseph and the baby, isn't it? Because what do we have in that scene? We have Mary and Joseph, poor and lowly, and we have the wise men, rich, and they're called kings. We have Mary and Joseph of, of Jewish heritage, and then we have the wise men coming from the East, people from two separate worlds even, brought together by this Christ child that's the mystery that this message is for all people yet i think it's something that we even struggle with at times maybe not in what we confess or what we believe but maybe in our actions or our attitudes at times even for us god so loved the world people but to see me in a certain light You know, we see ourselves as in and others as out, maybe. Or we say, my sin is not as bad as as your sin. And it's that sin of pride that even, maybe we think we're past it, but then we fall right back into it, you know? But maybe you don't deal with, maybe you don't, maybe that's not as much of a struggle for you, that sin of pride. Maybe it's something else that Paul touches on in our reading for today. We believe God so loved the world, but maybe we struggle with God loves me. Guilt of past sins, that that lingers. Because Paul even says, he's. what does he say? He's the least, less than the least of all God's holy people. Because we know our sins. And we know God knows them all the more. But he doesn't dwell on that fact, does he? He knows his sin, and he doesn't doesn't paint over his sin at all, but this whole section brims with his excitement more than anything. And so, have you ever been telling a story, and you come to a certain part that you just love to talk about, and you go off on a wild tangent, you forget to train a thought, and you can't come back to it? I mean, for me, if you ask me how, Vicar, how was your Christmas? I would say, it was great. You know, I got to go back home, see my family, relax, but I got to tell you about my niece, my goddaughter. She's almost two years old, but it's been only a few months since I've seen her, but she's grown so much. She's running around. She's calling everybody by their names. And so, right, we do that kind of thing all the time. We love to talk about the things, or we get excited to talk about the things that we love, right? That's kind of what we see Paul doing in this section, his excitement, because he starts out by saying, he writes, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, dot, dot, dot. And then he goes on his tangent for 13 verses, and then he comes back after our section and he says, for this reason, I pray for you. And in this section, he got so excited talking about the opportunity that he had to share the gospel even as he writes from prison. Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, talk about someone who would feel a lack of purpose wasting away in a prison cell. But even from prison, he saw it as a new mission field. Because we read as he sang hymns as he was stuck in prison, and he evangelized to other cellmates, and even to the jailers who put him there because he was in awe of this mystery. The mystery that Jesus is for all people, and that he, even the least of all God's holy people, was given a purpose to share the unfathomable riches of Christ. And how unworthy we are even to receive that grace in the first place. But the grace of God to give our lives meaning and to give us our purpose. Because we have gifts awaiting us, and we have gifts to share. And so what do we have to be excited about, along with Paul? Right, we love to talk about our nieces and nephews and our children, our grandchildren, but Paul continues to unpack the mystery. And look at the words he uses. These are the words he uses to describe us. Fellow heirs, members, and sharers in the promise. These are loaded words. You know of loaded questions, right? Maybe for the men out there with with your wife or your significant other, you're watching a TV show, and she maybe nudges you and says, oh, she's she's kind of pretty, isn't she? Well, you better choose your words carefully, right? (laughs) Or you get pulled over on the side of the road, the cop comes, you roll down your window, and he says, right, do you know why I pulled you over today? Is there a perfect way to answer that question? Right, but these types of questions, they're kind of loaded because there's something behind it maybe, right? These words are loaded from God, not in a deceptive way or trying to hide a motive, but in that they're loaded with meaning and promise for us, heirs, something awaits us, an inheritance not a word used for the least, for an unworthy or or for an enemy of God, but a word used for his own sons and daughters, and a word with something attached, an inheritance of heaven. And this summarizes this mystery that we have been brought into God's house, and a purpose that he had for you and me And from when? The text says, from when? From eternity. He had this plan for you and for me. Heirs. Members. Members of the same body. A word that emphasizes that relationship between us and God, but then amongst Christians, too. And it calls to mind Paul's writing on on the body of Christ, where each body part has its purpose, and each member of the church has its purpose and its skill and its function. And yet one is not better than another and one can't survive without another. But we all work together as a united body with a common calling to proclaim the name of the one who is the head, Christ Jesus. And then sharers in the promise. And what has God promised you? In the coming year, he has promised to be with you. He says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He's promised to guide your steps. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. He promises mercy and he promises heaven. As the psalmist writes, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the last thing he promises us in our text, in the last couple verses, is something life-changing, and it's that in Christ, through faith, we have access. We have access to the Father. That through good and bad, we can lay our head on our pillow and, and lay our worries at God's feet. And he hears us. and we can approach him with confidence and boldness. He promises a seat at his table. But again, not only are we sharers in the promise, but we're sharers of the promise. Because we can't just expect new people to just walk into the church every Sunday, right? we got to go out and take it to them. And it might take effort. It might take willing to be a little uncomfortable. But we have to go and take it to them. That's our purpose. And so in a world of unsolved mysteries, and in a coming year yet to be written, and all the unknown, Christ has been revealed to us. Yet he is still unknown to so many. That gives our purpose. And it's the same purpose that Paul was given, to make this mystery known. Because how can something so exciting and something so life-changing be kept to ourselves? Especially if we believe the words of John three sixteen, For God so loved the world. Amen.